Hello to football supporters around the world, and especially here in Thailand, welcome to the Portcast Podcast, with news, views, and profiles of the supporters of Thai Port FC, or as they say in Thai, Tarua FC. And now, here's your host. Arguably the most knowledgeable Port FC supporter this side of Janet the Hut. Ladies and gentlemen, Tom Earl. Oh okay, welcome back to the podcast. The podcast? That was that was a Yeah. Welcome Sounds back like to something. the podcast. Yay. Sounds like something that would be advertised on the police terror website. Yeah, yeah, that's maybe we should uh, consider putting adverts for that on the sandpit. Maybe yeah. we'd uh, make a come bit of money. Come over to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so it is once again me and James. We're continuing um, from the last podcast, but we're changing tack completely. And um, we will be discussing Port fans' two favorite things. One thing they love. And one thing they love to hate. And uh, we'll start with what everyone loves to hate. Um, Mung Tong. The Mung Tong Tong. crisis. It's all over social media. It's getting most of the headlines um, with regard to Thai football. Um, It's interesting that it's now, it's, it's all of a sudden now become a crisis because it's been going on for a while, right? I mean... How far do you think was like the the genesis of the what is now a crisis at Mungton? Probably last season was where it started to go. Hang on, this isn't this isn't just a, a phase. This is something that could actually be quite serious. And uh, yeah, yeah, I think it was being it's, talked it's about those... as a as a strategy right before before that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think if you're looking at it as as a strategy from from last season, I think it's what you tell yourself when you don't want to believe something to be true. Like, no, there's there's foresight. With this this is a plan. No, it wasn't a plan. It, it was it was never a plan. If they had the opportunity to spe- keep spending what they were spending, they would have done that, but they didn't. The so, one thing yeah. which I which I did think maybe had at least I can understand why some people thought it had merit as a strategy was the idea of um, positioning yourself to move players from Thailand to, um, to Japan as like a stepping stone, which is, I I didn't really agree with that. I I don't think clubs have to capitulate to, to players demands when they've signed long-term contracts, for example. Like I think clubs could be a bit stronger in that sense, but, I can definitely see that there's a good argument, um, an argument that a lot of people were making that Wong Tong were kind of being clever in saying, right, we want to, we want to show, you know, using uh, China Tip and Cowin that there is a pathway to Europe or to to Japan yeah. through coming to Wong Tong. But that obviously, it, with the benefit of hindsight, was never the strategy because they haven't used um, that idea to attract young players to the club right they've just they've brought through their own 
their own talent who they get from their academy, but they haven't really been attracting players in no. recent years. No, like you look in the drop off of the the foreign players that they're attracting to the club now too. Yeah. Um, uh, I was going to say something, but I completely lost it I, now. So I think we're kind of if if we go all the way back to the first one of those really big departures, I think we're kind of talking about 2017, right? Because they had, they had yeah. what they call the dream team, which was only the dream team because Diogo was injured. <clears throat> but, um, <laughs> <laughs> they had think, what they I called think, the dream team. I'd actually think that their first big departure would be Clayton to go to China. That would be exactly, yeah. And, and I think Chanatip went on loan the same year. No, the year after. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, the year after. So in, in that season, it was only the, the, the moves that were documented with transfer fees were um, Clayton Silver and Tanabin. They were the okay. only ones. That's, that's through transfer market. So okay. take it what you will. Um, the transfer fees that they are said to have generated that year were just short of 4 million euros. It's big money in Thai football. Yeah, that's what, 120 million baht these days. So, And, and Tanabun was, he became, I think, the highest paid player, Thai player in the league after that transfer to Chiang Rai as well. Yeah. Yeah, he had the world at his feet for a little while, but then um, it's the same as what happened with Sarash, really, where he broke his leg. and Big injury, yeah. Yeah, big injury, and you just you either recover fine from it or you don't, and can go one. So, do you think? I mean, because Mung Tong did win the league um, in in style in 2016, and they must have spent a lot of money to get there, right? I mean, they there was the whole thing with BEC Terro where they basically bought the club and loaned themselves all the players they wanted, which was uh, yeah. very questionable in terms of whether or it not should that should be allowed. Been allowed. Yeah, it should course. never have been allowed. You can, you, it's like the Chiang Rai and Chiang Mai situation last year. And you need the FAT to actually have a backbone and, and say, no, that's, it's not allowed. <laughs> yeah. You, you basically, you, you're basically telling one club to give you their best players and lay down. But, yeah. oh, when you play other teams, make sure you play well. But when you play us, we better win. Yeah, right. absolutely. And, um, yeah, having said that, they did spend money assembling their squad. And maybe it was just a case of the cost, the financial cost of winning the league that year. Maybe the owners just thought it wasn't worth it. Maybe. Um they they signed Sarosh and Tiraton that year, so on the on the transfer front they had like a two and a half million euro ahead going on documented fees. So mm. I don't know what they spent on other players or or anything, but what is documented they should have been operating at a two and a half million euro. Um, that season, profit. yes, but in in the build up to that season, I think. They they will have lost money acquiring some of those players oh, all all the time. Like I, I'd be very surprised if if any Thai club actually runs close to breaking even. Like a, a football club's a money pit. Like you're yeah. just throwing away money. So you know that's the benefit of having a good club shop and advertising is that you can try and 
bring money back to the club. But well, Bo- Bolton you... are one of the better teams for that. I mean, you do see yeah. a fair few um, shirts around. Certainly when you go to the stadium, it's very easy to, to spend money there on their merchandise, yeah. which is and as I it think, should be. I think they have stores in, in some of the, the malls as well, which is another good thing to have. Like, it's it's smart yeah. thing to have. Why don't we do it? But, <laughs> um, yeah, the, you, you're relying on sponsors' money mostly, in in my opinion. Right? So yeah, and that seems to be the thing that has changed with Montong, where they're. I'm not entirely sure how how it works. I think they're owned by Siam Sport Group. It's some sort of consortium or, or group. Um, but a big part of the financing is SCG, Siam yeah. Cement Group. And it seems like what's happened here is that they've just pulled loads of money. Pardon me. They've pulled loads of money out. And um, because the same thing happened with the Vietnamese team, right? They, they have a yeah, connection Hanoi. with Hanoi. Hanoi. Yeah. And, they, and they were the main shirt sponsor. And I guess the, the team sponsor there as well. And they decided to pull the money from both teams. And the yeah. bottom's basically fallen out in both cases. Yeah. So how... So, um... How were kind of how do you think Wong Tong were managing their finances in terms of transfers? I, I know you have some of the, the numbers there. I, I, don't, I don't think they were they were managing it because from by all reports of what has come into the club and what's gone out of the club, they should have been operating at massive massive profits. So either they're spending a ton of money terminating people or on on salaries. I think I heard on one of the podcasts the other day, they have a hundred contracted players. Yeah. That's that, mad. So you're spending a hundred salaries on players that may not even be playing for the, for the club at the moment. Like, what that's, if, that's an interesting that, situation that's, because that's, um, that's, Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Because youth, I mean, spending money on youth development is generally a, good investment financially right because it means you don't have to spend big transfer fees to get really top quality players if you can produce them through your academy the question is should you be keeping on that volume of players when i mean you have to have some kind of selection process right and i think um on the on the podcast you were talking about talao's podcast with uh, grant and kian i think yeah. grant grant mentioned that yeah, you, you have to decide at some point who's going to make it and who isn't. And you might be wrong sometimes, but, but you have to make that gamble, that calculation. Yeah. So, so realistically, out of that 100, you should be cutting it down to probably 30, which is the size of a, of, of a squad roughly, like 25 to 30. But, but 100, like that, that's a lot of players and that's a lot of players that are potentially not playing because there's just so much competition. And, and we should say those, play, s- those players aren't just sitting around at Mongzong. They are loaned out to, um, is it Ayutthaya? Ayutthaya. Assum- Assumption. Udon Tani. Yeah. Yeah, so Assumption, they've got a few clubs that they loan for in T3 and T4 and stuff like that. Yep. Um, but how much of the yeah. money, how much of their money yeah. is still propping up those clubs anyway? <laughs> Exactly. Like I, I doubt that Assumption would be paying 
the salaries of those players, I'd imagine that Mung Tong's just saying, just play him. Like, that's, yeah. don't worry about the salary, just play him. I, I don't know if that's what actually happens, but I'd imagine it would be. So yeah. then, so if you're in that situation, like, Udon might be paying some of the salaries or all of the salaries, but you're still paying probably 80, 80 kids a monthly salary, and that's not even on top of your your squad that you actually have playing T1. So like that, that's a lot of money that's going out of the club for just no actual reason. It is. Other than, oh, they might become good. It, it is, but then again, if you look at the players they've got now, their, their first team squad now, I don't know how many players in that squad they actually had to sign it won't be many, right? Because because they've got a lot of young players who have come through their system. So, yeah. but then again, a lot of players change hands for free anyway. And yeah. Wong Tong are basically doing other clubs' work in a sense where they're developing players, and then maybe other players get them on a free or for not much money. And yeah, so you've just spent I don't know a couple million baht developing a player, and you've just lost him for free because he's going to go somewhere where he's going to play. Mm. So yeah. if 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 you're one of those players, wouldn't you be thinking, oh, it's good that I'm developing it at Mung Tong, but I kind of see a reason not to extend my contract here because I'm one of a hundred. Why don't I go to another club where I'm going to be part of the 25-man T1 squad or yeah. T2 squad? And it's not going to cost these other clubs any money to actually develop them. Yeah. And... Um... So what do we think, Wong Tong? I mean, we can only speculate, but different clubs have different wage structures and things. Wong Tong must be towards the upper end of T1 in terms of what they're paying players. But I assume it's not as much as a team like Port. <laughs> I'd assume that that's, that's changed now, though, in the sense that maybe 2016, 2017, they were still right up there. But I think as SCG have pulled out the money, I think that the salaries probably aren't, they're still high, but they're not as high as before. Um, so I think people might actually be surprised as to what they're actually spending these days compared to what we think. Like you always think, oh, they're paying X amount of dollars for him. He might actually only be on half that that you think mm. that they're paying him. So. Well, it certainly looked like the foreign players they brought in, um, in the most recent season were just cheap. Like they just bought, they found cheap players. Yeah. Well, you you see, you see the photo of them announcing that Lucas Rocker fella and Gama's just looking at him like, Oh, who's this guy? Like he he doesn't even look interested in being pictured with the guy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's funny trying to read into stuff like that, but, um, if you if you just look at the age of those players also compared to yeah. the age of the players who normally come in, I think they've been able to find players who are willing to accept a lower salary because they're not at that point in their career where they expect to be making more. They're willing to yeah. take a gamble, make a lower salary, maybe in the hope that they can um, that they can make it big in Thai league and ultimately um, earn a higher salary later. Yeah. Well, the, the strategy might have been that we're going to aim to get 
players that are almost ready to enter their prime because if they're good, then we can sell them. Like we're you, we're using the S word again, strategy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> who, who would have thought? But yeah, that, that, it just, you look at the players that they've had in the past and then you look at the the players they have now and you just go, oh, the mighty have fallen. Like, yeah. But it does seem so, We unfortunately we can't really know um, what the state of their finances is in terms of, are they making a profit? Are they making a loss? Because even if those figures were available, and they might be, I don't know, I, I wouldn't believe them anyway because no. there's so much under the table dealing that goes on and there's so many um, expenses which could be off the book or under the table or you know anywhere Chinese else whispers. except you know on the official paperwork. <laughs> so yeah. I don't think we can know whether whether or not Mung Tong make a profit or a loss. Um, no. But we can be pretty sure that having seen the dramatic increase in departures that losing the SCG money was massive, or at least the SCG money decreasing was massive. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's almost as if they're, they're now without a safety net. So they're thinking, hang on, we've got to rein in what we've been doing because now if things don't go well, then we haven't got that to prop us up anymore. So Basically, one of two things has to be true. Either um, the club is making a loss and the owners aren't willing to sink money into the club and the kind of SCG money was making it a palatable level of loss and without it, it's unpalatable. Or they were making a profit and the owners were taking money out. You know, They were getting rich off it. And now that the SCG money has come out, they're losing money. One of those two things has to be true. You'd probably lean towards the latter. It seems like in the way that they've they've done the transfers, they've they've brought in really good fees. Doesn't appear that they've spent any money. So 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 we're essentially saying it's greed. You know, it's there. Yeah, it's one. That's that's what it comes across to me. Anyway, is like you're stripping the assets and making as much as you can now because. You don't know if you're going to be around long enough for them to still. You're cashing out while your chips are high. Yeah, that's that's definitely. It's an easy impression to get from the situation that when you look at the pure numbers. I mean, you did have a breakdown, didn't you, of the the numbers, the total amount that they'd sold versus bought. Yeah, since since 2016-17, the transfer market on the fees that are actually published, Mong Tong's made something like nearly 13 million euros. That's massive money in Taiwan, and and they've, they've they'd only spent like two and a half million euros out of that. That's actually documented. So that's that's over three hundred and fifty million baht. Like that's a lot of money. <laughs> it is, and 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 like unless they've been paying through the nose for four players, then you just can't you can't see where the money's gone. And and yeah. the fans of those clubs will know more where the money's gone. But from a purely an outsider's perspective, it just begs belief that, yeah, it, you couldn't believe it. Like, whereas we, we've spent something like seven and a half million euros that's documented and we've brought in 300,000 euros in fees. <laughs> so it, it, it is documented that we are rid- running at a ridiculous loss. Yeah, and it's worth saying, like, 
whilst we are obviously having a bit of fun at Wontong's expense because um, they're in they're in a bit of a hole and money doesn't buy not. you success. <laughs> money money doesn't buy you success. <laughs> yeah, I just get the reference. Um, but they're a far 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 better run club than we are, at least in terms oh, of the way that they try and operate um, at a profit or at least close to making a profit. They try and lose as little money as possible. And, and we, don't, like we just don't care. Exactly. And, yeah. and that is the sustainable, sensible way to run a football club. The way we run ours is completely insane. Yeah, well, if, if Pang decided tomorrow to, to walk out in the club, then we'd all be fucked. Yeah. Because... The, the Port Authority aren't going to spend the money that we're spending at the moment. Well, they couldn't. They don't have so, the money to, to support yeah. the, the contracts of the players that are at the club now. It'd be completely impossible. Yeah, so, so in one way, you kind of respect what they're doing and what they're trying to do. But at, Definitely. The, other, at the other end of the spectrum, you're just going, well, get, get used to a lot of seasons of no success because money is what buys you success in Thai football. Absolutely. And I think um, it's funny to see their fans' response to a lot of this because a lot of what I see is, you know, we, we've lost players, but we won't fall below seventh place in the league. <laughs> and, and you can't be thinking like that. If you're in their situation, you have to be thinking, well, we could go down to T2. Um, oh, definitely. But, who, but who cares? But it's, but it's not the end of the world. That's what, that's what I'd be preferring to hear from people because as as a fan, obviously, of Port, who have been down twice in the last 10 years, it's not the end of the world when you get relegated. You have to be realistic about these things and, and just think about it in a practical sense. If we get relegated, then, you know, we get to go and see a load of new stadiums next year and win a few games and it'll be really fun. People shouldn't be kind of thinking, Montong can't go down, that could never happen. We won't finish any lower than seventh. Because well, no with that, you're just setting yourself up for failure. No one thought BG would go down. Absolutely. And, and they did. And it didn't kill them. It probably made them stronger. Well, they're certainly coming back very strong this year. Yeah, well, the, the way... I, I don't think Montong will go down because there's worse teams than, than them at the moment, like noticeably worse. But if they did, then they could expect a season like Bangkok Glass did where just trounce the league and come back in style and a season like that would probably actually boost your profile rather than lower it. So I, I, think, I also I think, think relegation... that, I also think that taking the Wong Tong representatives at their word when they say there are going to be no more departures. <laughs> so, so when people are talking about what's going to happen in the upcoming season, they're kind of thinking, Oh, well, Wong Tong is going to have all the players they have now. How will that team fare? It's probably more realistic to say, well, Wong Tong is still going to lose three, four, five more players before, um, before the season restarts. And if that's the case, I think they could go down. Yeah, well, I think, I think the, the guy who said that was a bit foolish, really, because now if they do lose a few players, they're going to earn the ire of the fans who are going to say, hang on, you said that we weren't going to let any more players go. Absolutely. And, and I think that they're also overrating a lot of the young guys that they do have there in the sense that looking at their squad at the moment, I don't see a seventh place team. No. Like maybe, maybe a mid-table team. Like, I, 
I want them to do well for their fans. I don't want them to do well for myself. But the league, in a way, does need a strong move I don't agree with that. I think... I, I, I want to be clear that I'm not wishing the worst on Mungtong. Like, I would under no, no circumstances want... I don't want them Mung to go Tong out of business, to cease to exist. I do want them... That would I want be them terrible. to get relegated. Absolutely. I don't want them to go out of business. Exactly. That's, that's where the, I draw the line. I, I would be happy seeing them go anywhere down to T4. That would be hilarious. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but also, I'm not... In that sense, I'm not wishing something terrible on Mungtong because... I don't like. I don't think it should matter whether your team is in T1 or T4. Obviously, it does make a difference in terms of the atmosphere that you're experiencing on match days. Yeah, but at yeah. the end of the day, if you have a club to support, you're going to support them. And and I don't care if you're winning the league or if you're in T3. You're still an equally valid supporter of your club, and and your experience should be more or less as good. I don't envy fans yeah. of Boyram because they win the league every year. No. Um, what I do think is if they did go down, then you would see a, an outpour of the more casual fans that they get there. You'd, you'd see them at Bangkok United or, or somewhere else because I, I, I dated someone and they were a Liverpool fan and Liverpool never won the league for, for so long and they lost the league again. And I said, what are you going to do next season? Oh, I'm going to go for Chelsea. This was a tie girl. <laughs> This was a Thai girl, and yeah, that, that was her reaction. Was, oh, well, they keep losing, so I'm just going to go for someone that's been successful. Yeah. There so. is definitely a certain amount of people who are, who are fickle, but I think that can be said for any team. But yeah. Probably there are more of those types of fans, at specifically Mung Tong and Boi Ran, because they've been the most successful. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, we see it at Port. We see if we're on a winning run, we see the stadiums packed. And if we're on a losing run, we see it less full. It's, it's plain to see. Yeah. I, I, the, the way I see it, that they're in for a few years of, of long seasons where it might, the, the end might not appear in sight. But you've just got to get through that because if these 100 kids are as good as they say they are, then they're going to develop into world beaters and get sold aboard. <laughs> so, so they may ne- they may never actually see them play. <laughs> mm, yeah, that's true. Okay, so I think have we covered Mong Tong? There is there anything else you want to talk about? Um, not really. Like, I just don't think you can underestimate how big of a thing this actually is. Like, mm. it's. The, the thing I found the, the funniest was actually I read someone tweet that um, Watana is a leading player. And you just go, in, in what league? Like, if, if he's a leading player at a T1 club, then football in Thailand is in a lot of trouble. <laughs> because, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, just crazy. And I did. Well, I did tweet about that as well i yeah i I definitely think he he's a good embodiment of where they're at because he only got into the wong tong team it was a very strong wong tong team that he that he did uh, get a starting place at but he was only picked because there were a lot of injuries at the time and he played a couple of games and played okay. And then he just got catapulted into the national team because he was playing for Wong Tong. And that's, mm. that's exactly what happens 
some Wong Tong players all the time, and and a lot of them don't deserve it. I think. Yeah, oh, definitely not. But that, that's what happens when you've got all these coaches from your club that end up in the national team gig. So. Yeah. But uh, speaking of Wong Tong players, let's talk about Port because because <laughs> yeah. we've now got um, eight first team players. Um, who have in the past played for Wung Tong. And I think two of those we can we can completely forgive and our players who we really like who went to Wung Tong years ago when they were very strong and Port were a, were a much smaller team. I'm talking about Tossapon and, and Siwakorn who both moved kind of up a step to Wung Tong, uh, didn't yeah. quite make it, uh, came back down to Port and have since like done really well and flourished at Port. Um, yeah. So we, we don't really include Silicorn and We Tossabon. won't throw it in their face. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, Silicorn's Mr. Port. You know, you yeah. can't be any more Port than Silicorn. Yeah, definitely. Um, but the more recent arrivals are, are the ones we kind of have issue with. So oh, we, can, we can kind of talk about the Port arrivals this year in that context where we've had... Um, I struggle to think of all of them. I mean, Adisak and Heberty on loan. So let's talk about yeah. them first. Heberty, go. <laughs> wait, wait, wait to get me. I'm trying to keep myself calm and then you tell me to speak about Heberty. Look, <laughs> it's well documented we need a number nine, uh, uh, an out and out striker. So it's only natural that we go out and sign a player that doesn't play as a natural nine. And so. Every off-season, we say, let's go out and sign a proper striker. And in the off-season, we, all we could talk about was Dumboya from, from Trap. And then you hear about Hebity signing and you think, oh, he played as a, as a natural striker at, at Ratchaburi. Maybe that's where we're going to play him. He scored a lot of goals there. Um, and then we continue to play Suarez up front. We put Hebity in the attacking midfield and play Suarez up front. And that's just just dumb because it's clear to see that Suarez is our best attacking midfielder. He's better than Hebity at that role. He's not as selfish as Hebity. Um, you know, when, Having when seen chip- what I've seen from Hebity so far, I've never seen almost any player as selfish as Hebity. Yeah, definitely. Like when the chips are down, I'm backing... Suarez to make that 50-yard run to try and make that tackle. I don't see that from from Hebity whatsoever. He he genuinely looks disinterested in playing for Port. And the thing that actually annoyed me the most is, and Grant and Gian were, were stoked about it, he went back and watched the Muntong game at the Thunderdome. If I'm a Port official and I heard about that happening, I'd be sitting him down and saying, look, that is not to happen. Or if you're going to do it, sit in the VIP box where no one can see you. Like, that's yeah. just... We're, we're rivals. Like, no matter how you look at it, we're not, we're not going to go out and punch each other up or anything like that. In. Well, some people do, but... The sensible that, ones that, don't. That's, yeah. Like, for, for me, I would never go and support Wong Tong or sit in their home end with their fans because... I just don't like him. Like it just doesn't make sense. I'm a port, port person. I don't associate with that 
that club in that sense. But for a Port player to do that, I just think that's a bit disrespectful to our fan base. Yeah, and I, I got the same impression that he just looked very disinterested when he was playing. And he he didn't start well in preseason, but after the actual um, the games, the T1 games have started, he has started to perform. He scored four goals. But obviously, caveat, he hasn't played that well. But he has scored. Yeah, look, I appreciate the goals, but I just don't appreciate the way he goes about his business on the pitch. I don't, I don't see someone that actually wants to be there. Like with with Adisak, he keeps his head down. He does he does his job. Like he doesn't demand any attention, and he tries to get himself into positions to score, which he which he has done. Whereas when you see Hebbity, he wants the ball all the time. Um, he'll actually stop attacks so that the ball goes to him. Like he's been more disruptive to our attacking presence than actually helpful to it. Yeah, I've noticed the same thing. It's it is quite frustrating. So he he's one that if I had the option today of saying name more one port player that you want gone from the cop, it would be heavy. Straight off the bat, wouldn't even need to think about it. With the caveat that we'd need a a replacement that we never get, right? We'd need uh, that I, that Dumbuya style replacement. I'd happily let him go and not get a replacement. Wow. That, that's how much I do not like seeing him play for our club. Wow. So, yeah. I, I wouldn't because it would mean Adisak would score a boatload of goals and I'd be down a load <laughs> of fucking beers. <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't you rather be, be down a lot of beers than have to watch Hebity play every week? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I know I would. I'd, if, if that were to happen, I'll happily buy those beers for you. <laughs> no. So... So we've got Hebity and Adisak then. Yeah, um, uh, Cheryl. Cheryl into midfield. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I really don't know what to say when, when we talk about Chapui because he's, he's someone who a few years ago was very good when he, when he first started playing for the Thai national team, played for the under-23s a little bit and the first team. He had a really good goal-scoring record. He was, it was, again, we're talking about this again, before a big injury. Yeah. And before that injury, he was a completely different player. He was all action. Um, he had great pedigree. I mean, he was in the Switzerland under-19 team, I want to say, that won a World Cup. Yeah. Well, the first time I saw him, even when he was at, at Buriram, he looked quite, quite good as well. So uh, it's just an unfortunate thing. Some people recover from big injuries and some people don't recover to the same level they were before. And and when that happens, you have to redesign yourself as a player where yeah. I've lost my pace or I've got to be smarter where I position myself and, and stuff like that. You've got to adapt to survive. And and some players just can't can't do that. Where there's they're so good at doing specific things that it's just in their their mindset, all right, I've got the ball, I'm gonna do this and and this, but your mind says you can do it, but you can't actually do it anymore. Yeah, I mean, with Chapri, I think he can still do do a job for Port. He's not he's not a bad T1 midfielder. It's no. just that his kind of what 
the amount of attention he gets and presumably the amount of money he gets, I have no idea what he makes. But yeah. it just isn't commensurate to what I feel like he's going to contribute. And I could be wrong about that, but I, I think all indications are that we've basically signed a player who's going to contribute more off the pitch than they are on the pitch. Yeah, yeah. He, he's he's someone that look. I don't I don't have anything against against him. Like he, he's he's a good enough player to probably play in the midfield. But if if I have a, have a choice between him, Silicon, and Go in the centre of the park, he's going to miss out every time. Yeah, and then then when you do speculate on the financial terms, is it worth spending that kind of money when you could have a guy like Canarin on the bench instead um, who you can develop and mould into your own player? Is it that age where he's still mouldable? Yeah, and I think it's the opportunity cost with a lot of these Mongtong players that really makes me think that they're not only not good transfers, but they're actively bad transfers in, in some cases where I feel like they might even just make the squad worse by being there. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's almost like we've, we've propped them up in a way <laughs> at, at Moontong because we are buying yeah. their players for speculative, um, speculative but reasonable fees. Like, so... Yeah, it does I'm, feel I'm like that. Sure. I'm I'm not sure that's the kind of we don't have the transfer strategy at the club, but I'm not sure that that's one that we should be going going by. Yeah, if we do have a strategy, it's to buy Wong Tong's most expensive and overrated players. That that's the only strategy I can see. Yeah, or who who doesn't Wong Tong want anymore? All right, we'll go out and get them. I mean, yeah, unsurprisingly, when we were talking about forwards, we, we forgot a uh, very important, very uh, <laughs> very talented I, I saw, player. I saw his name before and I had to go, who? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, obviously we're talking about uh, Chen Rop. Um, it's, he's a funny one because I didn't see nearly as much criticism as I thought there should have been of him while he was playing for BC Tarot and the Thai under-23 team. And, and to be fair, he did score a few goals for the Thai under-23 under team, but I think most of them were probably against East Timor and the, uh, the Northern Marianas or, or whoever they play against. And he, you could tell, I mean, you don't need to be an expert in watching football to know that that guy just isn't going to be able to do it in T1 against real foreign defenders it's just not going to happen and his goal record at BEC Tero for there was a while where he had I want to say two no maybe like three or four goals in 60 games I mean he, he had a worse record than you would expect from a centre back yeah well A, a for effort for him he, he, he gives his all and, <laughs> he does run around that, yeah but, but I, I guess we're getting back to those those silly little German names for your for your tactics where you need a, a striker to press in this many blades of grass and he's going to do that for you. But That's yeah, not the way we operate. Yeah, um, just not um, a good signing. And when Port did actually say something about, I can't remember who it was that made the statement. It might have been Jadet, but I'm not sure. 
Well, it wouldn't have been at that time. But um, someone said, we need to keep Chenrop and let Artit go because Chenrop can play in other positions. And what, what's the idea? You're going to play him right wing? You're going to play him right back? Like, like where are you going to play him? Where are you going to play him that he's going to be better than other options that we already have in those positions? Like, Artit was specifically, he could only do one thing. I mean, I get that. But he was good uh, at it. And it's, just, and it's something argue, we didn't have. I'd argue that Artit can play as a 10 as well. He's definitely got the vision for it. Like, he, he can play as a back-to-goal target man. Like mm. he can actually play that. And guys that can do that usually can sit in the hole and do a job as a as an attacking midfielder. But if you're going after a guy that can play another position, why don't you sign another position then? <laughs> yeah. We're yeah. signing a striker to play right wing. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Because right. as always we're just signing we're just signing a name. We're signing a guy who played a load of games for for the tie under 23s. Yeah. And he, well, and he cost he, 10 million, so he must be good. He played, he played all right at Trout, I think. I think he did all right there. Partly but, because he was playing off Dumbuya. Yeah. So, I mean, football's easy when you're playing off a six foot four man mountain. Yeah. So, and then but our best signing would be the, the lad from Army. <laughs> Tanakon. Tanak- Tanakon. <laughs> so good he doesn't even start in T4 for the B team. Yes, I mean, he's never, I don't think he's made a match day squad. And I don't, I don't think, think he, will. he ever will. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's got the funny, like, port curse where we didn't spend any money on him. So he has to be worthless. I mean, I've actually never seen the guy play at all. Like, he, he might be more useful than, than Chenrop. I find it hard to believe that he isn't. More well, he got 17 goals in T2, so that might be more than Chen Rop's entire career. So Yeah, probably is, yeah. And that, that was only in one season as well. Yeah. But, but again, if we bring in a player on a free and there's another player in that position who we spent money on, the player we spent money on is yeah. always getting picked. Yeah. Very rarely a difference. I mean, that was the same with Anon. I feel like it'll be the same with Ganarin eventually, where where someone like Chapui will be favoured. Um, yeah, and that, that's a shame because there's a lot of things that I like about Cameroon. Right? And yeah. even even to go further, like I, I like Sanson as well. Um, Sanson as well, yeah, another example. He he was great for Sukhothai, and then he, he's come to us and never been seen. Like he's had a couple cameos. But Barely. A couple of games in the cup, one or two sub-appearances yeah. in the league. Yeah, and he, he's a guy that needs regular game time to actually develop into him. Because there's obviously something there, because Burry Rams had him, Bangkok United's had him. I'm not sure if Mungtong's had him before or not. I don't think but so. He's, he's definitely been at Burry Ram and Bangkok United. And yeah. so coaches are obviously seeing there's something there, but he needs to develop. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, moving on, who else do we have? Who else is on the mm-hmm. list? Tanaboon. Tanaboon. So, so, that was another one where, again, we can't say too much bad about him as a player because he may be overrated, but he's not bad. No. Like, I'm probably one of the very few 
expat fans that doesn't have a problem with Tanaboon. Um, <laughs> I think he's a better holding midfielder than centre-back. I agree with you on that. But as a centre-back, he's, he's not the worst Thai centre-back in T1. But he's, no. not a, he's not a top three team centre-back. So if, if he wants to get to that level, he needs to stop pulling out of challenges. And that's just a mental block, I think, because of the, the serious in, injury that he had. And I think that if he actually went through and just bulldozed someone, he would get that confidence to know, hang on, everything's okay. I'm not, I'm not crumbled in a mess. And he could go on to be an actual centre-back. But playing out from the back through him, I don't have a problem with it. Yeah, no, he's good and on the ball. He was, he was great in the cup in one game, but I do think he played holding midfield that game. It might have been in the final. He, yeah, it was the he, final, yeah. He, he was pushed fantastic for the in forward. the cup final. Yeah, he was great that night. So, Yeah, I can't argue with that. He's, again, it's one where, because he's such a big name, he has to be in the team. Yeah. Um, and that means whether it's in defence, whether it's in midfield, a lot of the time the coach is under pressure to put him on the pitch. And that's not good for the, the kind of squad dynamic overall. Yeah, exa- exactly. And if, if it's coming to to Tanabun being in the squad, I'm always going to pick Elias in the, in the starting centre-back position. So it's between him and Rochella. And I'm going to side with Rochella on the, on that one. And then you get into the holding midfield and and I'm going to go with Go every time. Yeah. Go's the, Go's the best Asian passport player in the league. And he will be for the next five years because he can keep doing what he's doing for the next five years. Like, yeah, he's a machine. This this true, true whether how they're putting all the games on YouTube, like every game that you watch Go, you just go, this guy is incredible. Like, he got he got a pass in the game I watched the other night and it was from probably five or six yards and hit at his chin. <laughs> and he's he's managed to jump in the air, control it and volley it to a teammate and hit mm. that player's feet. And yeah. he just goes, I messaged my friend and I just said, oh, he's so damn good. I, I still can't believe we got him. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Very good piece of business on our part. One of the very few good pieces of business. True. Um, Addison. Addison, yeah. Back into the fence. Um, Yeah, I really don't rate him because it's similar to Tanaboon where people are like, oh, well, he can do two things. Okay, but what are those two things and how good is he at both of them? Well, he's five foot nine. So that makes it a struggle he's not a centre-back. being a yeah, centre-back. He's not a centre-back. And he is mostly thought of as a centre-back. And, and to yeah, be fair, no, he's no. played a lot of games as a, right, like a right-handed centre-back in a back three. Yeah, in a back but that's not how we play one. anyway. No. Maybe we didn't Zico back then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, I, I just don't think he's got the right physical... Um, He's, he's pretty strong, but he's just not good enough in the air to, to play that the, position. The, the way I see it is he was brought in to play right back. Um, that, that's what would make more sense. 
um, we, we haven't had a, a backup for MIDI and we haven't really needed one because MIDI is a machine. But I'd imagine that Addison will play cup games where we don't want to play MIDI at right back. Probably, probably. But then again, it's just another yeah. case of, I mean, it's not my money, but why no. waste the money? Why, why not get a proper well, right re- back to do that? They reckon Cost that we pay 20 million baht for a transfer fee for him. Uh, 20 million baht is a lot of money for someone to sit on the bench. Yeah. Right? Because that's, that's where he's going. He's not, he's not starting ahead of any of our back four at the moment. And if he does, then all that's doing is making our back four worse. <laughs> so, yeah. so maybe he will, but if he does, that'll be a bad thing. I think you'll, you'll see a very angry zone B if that happens. Yep, I agree. So Who else have we got? We miss. I think. I think that's it from Wong Tong. Um, yeah, I think that's it from Wong Tong. Obviously, there were some other players we signed. Uh, we brought in Tanisit, who I like. I think most people like. He's a, he's a funny little guy. He's an entertainer. There are some absolutely brilliant clips of him. Um, even since he's come to Port in the first four games, but also before then, like really kicking off with people and getting in people's faces, and it's funny from a kind of cute little guy with an afro and buck teeth and <laughs> it's really fun to watch if he was a little bit taller he could almost be a, a doppelganger for Borden when they've both got big hair definitely and yeah they could go to costume parties as each other and simultaneously as Ronaldinho <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah I think we we all know the glaring weaknesses in our squad and we know that they're never going to be um, resolved. Um, Do you think Tanisit will be better on the right or the left than Nurun? It's a tough one. Personally, I want him on the right because I think he can get by players. He's got that rapid speed to get by someone and and he's actually got the mindset where if I get by someone, I'm going to cut the ball back, which we don't really get. Like even even um, Pakon doesn't do that. Like no. he usually takes an extra touch, whereas Tanisit will get by him, and his first thought is, "All right, I've got by them now. I cut it." Whereas Pakon will get by, he'll take an extra touch to kind of tee himself up, and by then he's lost the ball. But do you think so letting I'll, Nurun go and bringing in Tanisit is is good business or bad business? Good business. Good business, okay. Good business. I, I'm a little he, bit... He's, he's younger. I'm a little bit torn. He's younger, and, and to be honest, what, what I saw from Newell last season undid all the good that he had done for us because he just looked... He looked out of his depth. Maybe it was a lack of confidence or I something. I think that's what it was. I think he lost his confidence. The, 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 I think, did he play the cup final or was it the game... Before. It was a cup final, yeah. And he just missed an absolute... You put your mortgage on it. All right, all, this is I think he stepped the on the ball. I mean, like, yeah, all he had to do was run forward and then he had just had the goalkeeper to beat and he stepped on the ball. And, it, like, he, his age probably goes against him because it, it would have been good if he was younger because you could send him away for a season and say, hey, go get your confidence and then come back and we'll get you back into the squad, but I don't think that we can do that anymore. So I think 
Tanisit is a smarter decision for us because he's still only, what, 24, 25? I think he could be. But then again, Tanisit doesn't have the proven... Um, he hasn't put up the numbers like Nuran has in the past. Nuran's only had one really good season, but when he was at Chonbury, he got something like six goals and 12 assists or something. He had, he had one really, really good season where you know that this player could be one of the best wingers in the league, and he's done it. Yeah. And and it hasn't done it yet. He's shown a lot of promise, and um, but, he, but he hasn't quite done that. But it also comes down to the, the injuries that Nuran had. Like he, his biggest asset will always be his pace. Yeah. So if his pace is gone, then he's not worth. He hasn't, his pace hasn't gone. He can still run. Yeah. I don't know. I just think it's probably best for us to, to cut our losses on him now. If if he's if his com if his com- confidence is gone, it's it's he's not port born and bred. So I'm not. I'm still not going to be happy that we're letting him go because he, he is likable, but I'm not going to be torn where I'm going, oh, what's the point? And it's another big financial loss. He was our marquee signing yeah. the season yeah. he came in. I think he was 20, was it, between 20 and 30 million. I'm not sure. I think maybe 20 yeah. million. We spent a lot of money on him. Yeah. And if, if he were to leave, I'd actually like to see him go back to John Bure personally. Yeah, that would be good for him. He, he he looks like Mr. Chongbu to me. Like when when I see him, I think of Chongbu. Mm, yeah. So, so um, other other arrivals we, we had. We, <laughs> sorry, we need a goal. Which which Goal. goalkeeper should we sign? Yeah, that's Dan Van Lam. <laughs> <laughs> He's on the Mulltong bench, so there's a good chance we will sign him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he's got all the hallmarks of a future poor player. He's making <laughs> exorbitant fees. He's um, being phased overrated. out of the Mung Tong team. He's overrated. Ugh. He's hands down one of. If if I had to pick between him and the the Laotian from Rayon, I'd still probably pick the Laotian. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. <laughs> uh, I, I would because at least. At, at least I know that they're going to be bad and we're going to be spending less money on the Lashen. <laughs> That's true, yeah. <laughs> so if, I'm, if we're going to do that, just get the ring. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So other, there are a few smaller signings. We had uh, Chat Monkon and Jatarapat, both from China. Yeah, I like Jatarapat. Absolutely. He, he is... We're, we're at that point where you could almost say to Kevin, go forward on the left wing, we'll have this boy at left back. But then you're caught in a situation, well, what do we do for him? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that would be a very tough decision to make. As, yeah. On top of like the fact that we've also got Stoibler in that position, who I don't know now who's ahead in the pecking order between Stoibler and Jatterapat. Um, I think Stoibler is still second choice and and he did really well in and Kevin's injury prone like he's always bound to get yeah a soft tissue injury and miss six to eight weeks so I'm I'm always happy to see Stoiber in the in the starting lineup because he is dependable he does his job so but Jatura Pat it's just he look he looks the business 
and he gets props as well because he turned Brewery Ram down to come to us. <laughs> because for so long, everyone was saying he's going to Brewery Ram, he's going to Brewery Ram. Yep. And then, boom, we've signed him. It's almost as satisfying as when Kevin was going to Ming Pong. And then I was going to say that, yeah. We, we got him. Like, <laughs> that was beautiful. It's always good to, it's always good to kind of troll, troll another club where it's nailed on that he's going there. So, yeah. Chat, chat Moncol, I'm, I'm not sold on. I think, I think he's just, a job. Just another, another player in a position we didn't need a player in. Yeah, it, it was a pointless transfer. Like, yeah. he, he, if, if we're going to be giving someone of his, his ilk uh, a role, like a, some game time, I'd rather Samson gets it um, because he looks a better player to me. Yep. So, anything else Port-related to discuss before we wrap up the podcast? Diogo. Diogo. I've so seen that... multiple teams recently saying, if, if they're going to go after him, are we going to go after him? You know I'd what? like to hope I so. I mean, it wouldn't be the first time we've hijacked massive transfers of other players. Yeah. I'd yeah. be very... The, the the worry that I have with him is that we go out and we get him and then we play him as our attacking midfielder. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> like, so oh. I, 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 I'd be really happy to see him, but it depends on the foreign players at the moment now. Um, Hebity's loan. Um, does, yep. does his loan continue now that in, we're going into 2021 and, and stuff like that? I don't know contract situations and things like that. But um, hopefully hopefully there's there's another transfer window coming up anyway, so it'll become clearer. There's a lot of movement from other clubs releasing foreign players and bringing it, um, moving them on. I think the tough one for foreign players at the moment is we don't know when people can fly into Thailand. So if, if you're cutting a foreign player you're not actually guaranteed to get him in at the moment before the season starts. That's true. That, that's why the, the Bangkok last signing of Junez is quite quite clever. Is Uri Rams lost Junez. He's gone to another Thai league club and they can't bring in another foreign centre-back at the moment because there's no inbound flights. Props to... Uh... Junez for completely trolling uh, Buriram with his exit, saying yeah. he was going to go to the uh, the Spanish second tier or something. He was going back to Spain. That, that was what he told Chip Chong. <laughs> and so... Oh dear, then he turns up at good, BG. Excellent, good, excellent work. Good on him. I'd, if, if, if I was Buriram, I'd be quite upset but that being said he, he did a lot for that club while he was there so Absolutely. I very much doubt there'd be any hard feelings but you'd still be going oh hang on Rancid's not Spain mate like, there may be some <laughs> almost as far but there there yeah. may be some hard feelings when he does eventually play against Buriram and him being him he can't exactly be be nice and respectful to the opposition, can he? I mean, that's, well, that's can, not can the way you, he plays. Can you imagine the shithousery between him and Cardozo? There's going to be flip flops flying at Bangkok last place this year. Yeah, 
Yeah, um, I, was watching, I, was, I was watching a game from Pat Stadium a little while ago um, against BBCU. I think it was one of the ones that you and Tim might have reviewed in one of your, your, your podcasts. And um, BBCU won a penalty, and the next minute you see a flip-flop flying at the BBCU striker. <laughs> and it's just like this, this Nike flip-flop, and he's picked it up and he's given it to the referee, and the referee's had to run to the touchline to... And so someone would have been walking out of Pat Stadium with one flip-flop on and one missing. Oh, dearie me. Yeah. They'll definitely wind some people up. I'm sure one of us at some point will be shouting obscenities in his direction. Hopefully we've got Diogo up top <laughs> in that game. Yeah, I'm really, I'm actually genuinely worried about where our goals are going to come from this season, unless they come via VAR, because unless it's a penalty, at times it just doesn't look like we've got the penetration to score. Yeah, we have, we have looked pretty poor creatively. Yeah. Uh, Still, we've put up the results in the first four games. Um, we scored a few goals. Like you said, some yeah. of them did come by VAR. But the early indications are not as bad as we thought they might be, definitely. I mean, we've no, got the, the, 10 points from the first 12. The, the preseason was horrible. Like, at yeah. the end of the preseason, you were genuinely worried, like, oh, oh, crap. Like, we've kind of got our hopes up for something and it's not going to be like that at all. Um, the biggest surprise this season has been Ratchaburi. <laughs> They've been brilliant. Yeah. Like, um, I really like Bolly. He'd be another one. <laughs> Aside from be. their management and the way they run their club, in, just in terms of the players, they're my second favourite team by a mile. Um, yeah. They, I, you like Bolly. I like Longil. Longil's amazing. He's, yeah. he's got everything for a winger. He's got pace. He's got superb trickery. He's hardworking. I absolutely love Longio. I, I don't think there's a better foreign player out there in the in the league, really. Yeah. Well, it looks like they've finally got their off-field stuff under control as well. Like they were one of the first clubs to come out. Give them a renew. minute. Give them a minute. <laughs> yeah. They, they they were one of the the first clubs to come out and re-sign all their their foreign players when this whole situation hit. So that that's one positive step for them. But whether they continue to do that, that's a whole other thing. Yeah, the, ma- the madness is coming. We just don't know when. Yeah. Uh, okay. That's about it, really. Yeah. yeah, I think that that will be it for today's podcast. Thanks, guys, for listening, as always. And if you have any suggestions of topics, things that we can talk about, please do let us know. We're happy to talk about anything really we haven't got much else yeah. to do <laughs> and if we can poke fun at Hong Kong a bit more than we will always a bonus always a bonus <laughs> so thanks very much again James thank you and we'll see you guys soon yep bye